Sebe de mbele marando, sege de gade gade behe, 
Abando Salabadabadabaha, Palando Sebelegadebe, Lagadabande de Bediata, Cabadagadabacon, Lebelenga de Besadabadabaha, Maranda Sonde, Lebregadebelegadebelegadebe, Cabalagadaba, Randa Lebelegado, Sadabadabadabaha, Mansun Cata, Lebelegadebe, Mansun Cata, Lebelegadebe, Mansun Cata, Lebelegadebe, Le Baraco, Selenga de Bredebe, Barantan Melenga. Sagada, <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God bless you so much for, for praying with us. God bless you so much. If you are there, let me see you. God bless you for joining us for the day two uh, or the fourth session in our camp meeting. So far, so good. If you know you have been blessed so far, say, I have been blessed. I have been blessed. So tonight is the fourth session. We've had three sessions already. We had Monday dawn, uh, Monday evening, Tuesday evening, and morning, and today, this evening, we are going to continue. We are going to continue. Hallelujah. I want you to get prepared. We've learned a lot. We've learned a lot. The man of God has taken us through a whole lot. The first speaker dealt with the aspect of the eternal purpose of God. Somebody say the eternal purpose of God. The eternal purpose of God. God had a dream. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? You can hear me. Let me know. Can you hear me? Yeah, powerful. So the man of God expounded us on the, the what we talk about the eternal purpose and we got to know that god has a supreme interest and that supreme interest was exerted and expressed in and by christ hallelujah and the whole agenda was to bring man into fellowship and he he, he learned a lot and he expounded that man will come to a place of the fellowship and the life of god will be transmitted into man then man will be the very express of the life of God. But at a point in time, something happened. Man had to fall. And then that life, that agenda, that interest was tainted with. So the Bible said that Jesus had to come in. That is the second man or the perfect man came to restore. And he died. And in the resurrection, he brought man the appreciation of this life in that whatever thing that we are supposed to do has effect on the corporate church and i remember when we we're ending this morning he emphasized on the fact that 
Christ must reign in our heart and our inability to meet and allow the expression of God's life will affect the wholesome church and the wholesome agenda. In as much as this agenda cannot be stopped, we have a role to play and God is looking at us. And this evening we are going to go a little further of what the man of God started. And in our quest to fulfill this mandate, in our quest to do what we are supposed to do, in our quest to understand and walk in what God has purposed, there was a need to find help. There was a need to get help. And this evening, we are here to find our help. Somebody say, I'm here to find my help. We are here to discover our help. Is the help already there? Are we going to find our help meet? Who is our help meet? Uh, all those questions, I know by the grace of God, is by the end of this episode or by the end of this session, all these answers will be answered so that we can be able to appreciate and fulfill the dream that God wants to bring on board. So let's get ready. The man of God is ready to take us through. I want you to focus. I want you to focus. I want you to be praying around it and let God have his way. Hallelujah. If you are there, say a big amen. Oh, if you are there, say a big amen. I want to hear you. If you are there, say a big amen. If you are there, say a big amen. Say, tonight I am ready to meet my help meet. I am ready to find my help meet. I am ready to know my help meet. In the name of Jesus. That much I do, I want to hand over to the man of God, the King Joshua Nate, to <clears throat> take us through this session. And I know we are ready. God bless you. Man of God, please, you can take over. All right. God bless you, man of God. God bless you. I salute everybody in the house. And I want to know if you are here with me. So if you are here with me, as I say, praise God. I want to see your hallelujah. So I greet you. Praise God. I want to see your hallelujah. I want to know if you are here with me. Praise God. Yeah. Glory to Jesus. It's another wonderful evening in the presence of God. And we are going to fellowship and have a feast around the word of God. I entreat you in this meeting. That if there is anything that you would need, the requirement for this meeting would be a heart yearning to learn and a writing material. I will need you to have a writing material by your side. A writing material. And get your own Bible. When I say Bible, I don't refer to a phone. <laughs> Get your own Bible and the writing material as we go on this study. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we give you praise for this evening. 
such an awesome time in your presence that you feed us with your word in the mighty name of jesus we ask and we receive that your word be taught with clarity this evening that this whole atmosphere be stirred with good things that at the end of the day our hearts will be assured our hearts will be blessed and we would find an example in what you have done and we will walk in the light of your word in the name of jesus have we prayed amen if you can hear me let me hear your amen let me see your amen you can share the link invite other friends to join tonight's session is very important for me because i would use this opportunity to lay very important foundations for our subsequent lessons so for me i would say that if anybody doesn't join us for tonight's service the person might as well be um, unfit to join us in the subsequent meetings because whatever we are going to lay down tonight is going to be the solid foundation on which we will build our subsequent lessons i would need you to pay attention to tonight's discussion and follow as we go on genesis chapter 1 verse 20 i believe that is where we got our text from genesis genesis chapter 2 verse 20 sorry 2:20. so adam gave names to all cattle to the birds of the air and to every beast of the field but for adam there was not found a helper comparable to him so i read from the new king james version i believe the uh, the king james version puts a help meet i found a lot of people asking me man of god is the spelling right because we they were expecting to see help meet but i think it's old king james english that that renders it help meet nevertheless the meaning is still the same so our topic that we are going to explore is finding your help meet this is going to be a search that we are going to engage ourselves in like i said i'll need you to pay attention as we go along praise god matthew 28 18 to 20. matthew 28 18 to 20. someone would ask why do you like matthew 28 um maybe is the last commission from jesus <laughs> So that is my my favorite. I'll tell you why I love it. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. And so, from Matthew 28, we read that Jesus, in fact, this 
um, this course matthew 28 18 to 20 happened after jesus christ rose from the dead and spent some time with his disciples the writer of acts that is luke says that the time spent with his disciples was 40 days so in the period of 40 days jesus taught them a lot of things and from matthew's account 28 18 to 20 happens to be the epitome of that 40 days so matthew chooses to summarize everything that jesus taught within these 40 days as from verse 18 to 20 so from verse 18 to 20 we see that jesus has been given a certain authority upon his resurrection so he says all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth so he's been given a certain authority upon his resurrection one would want to ask what is this authority for you know in our modern day dispensation when a man is given authority or when i say you have authority you know a lot of strange things comes into your head assuming i have authority i'll command all the money in the world to enter my wardrobe you know strange things comes into the mind of people when we talk about authority but what is this authority that is giving jesus for verse 19 answers it it says go therefore and make disciples of all nations what it means is that the authority giving jesus at this resurrection is an authority to disciple men take note it's an authority to disciple men now how are these men going to be discipled how are these men going to be trained how are they going to be trained and verse 20 answers it the 20 says teaching them so the authority to disciple men is going to be used via teaching teaching them to observe all things that i have commanded you so the authority that is giving jesus upon his resurrection i said is an authority to disciple men and that authority would be used to teach not an authority to beat praise god not an authority to extort not an authority um to you know take money from people but an authority to teach to teach men that authority is for teaching therefore the task of teaching is an instruction you can see that jesus says that teaching them to observe the word observe in the greek is stereo t-e-r-e-o what it means is to look intently to look intently it means i look at it intently as if if i take my eye of it it will be taken away from me to look intently so the authority to teach would be an authority to look intently and also jesus says teach them to observe so the disciples would have to look intently to observe all things i have commanded you it means that this teaching is actually a command it is not a frivolous activity that one would decide what to do what not to do jesus commands that men be taught and he commands what is to be taught so he says teaching them to observe everything that i have commanded you to praise god if you can hear me say i hear you 
If you can hear me, say, I hear you. Great. So, an authority to teach. And that teaching is a command. No leeway for a man's, you know, innovation. You can't innovate. What needs to be taught has to be clear and has to be set by the one who instructs to teach. So that is very important to note even as we go on. Even as we go on. So in Acts chapter 2 verse 42. Acts chapter 2 verse 42. There is an account of the early church that says that Acts 2.42 says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. That word, they continued, actually means meno in the Greek, M-E-N-O. It means they stayed. They stayed with the apostles' doctrine. They stayed steadfastly. It means unmoved, unpersuaded, doing the same thing over and over and over again. And so in Christianity, we find a teaching, things being done over and over and over again. You don't do it and then stop and do another thing. So there is a stain when it comes to doctrine. Now, the word teaching is um, a deliberate attempt to explain, a deliberate attempt to explain. I say this, that there is um, an English word that is found from the same root Greek as teaching is. Teaching in the Greek is D-I-D-A-S-K-O, didasko. Now, we have an English word we call didactic. So, other um, Greek scholars would explain didasko as to deliver didactic courses. Didactic means that what I am saying is deliberate and particular. I know what I'm doing, and I'm doing it deliberately. I don't do it because people are doing it. I don't do it because it's the order of the day, but I'm deliberately um, doing it. And Jesus says in verse 20, And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. In our previous lessons, not in this um, week, but in, in, in our previous engagement, I mentioned that the the word I am, I am in the Greek is the same word as Yahweh in the Hebrew. What it means is that, what Jesus says is that, and lo, lo means to look, look at it. I am, that is God with you always, even unto the end of the world. What it means is that in that discipleship, in that teaching, God partners with man. God himself partners with man. Again, the word make disciples, let me emphasize this, is in the Greek to make a pupil, to train a pupil. So it was a custom, a practice in Greek that, you know, um, well-known teachers like Gamaliel had pupils that studied under them. So these pupils would study under their teacher for a period of time. Now, the testing for the pupil to know whether the pupil has actually trained under a teacher is that at a point you are going to find the pupil saying the same thing, 
doing the same thing, probably wearing the same kind of attire as the teacher does. So it is a teacher-pupil relationship that seeks to, you know, imbibe knowledge and more so not just knowledge, um, attitude, way of conduct to the pupil. It means that what Jesus commands to be done is that a pattern of explanation, teaching, a pattern of lifestyle be handed over, passed on from generation to generation. It means there is not supposed to be any <clears throat> gap whatsoever. So in summary, that is what Matthew 28, 18 to 26 to explain. Again, let me say that the counsels of God, okay, as have always been, are communicated via human language. I always um, ask this question to a lot of people close to me that, why do you think the Bible was written in a human language and not in an unknown tongue? but in a human language. What it means is that God expects that the interaction between himself and man happens in the confines of human language. That is why your Bible, your, your Old Testament, when I say Old Testament, I, I refer loosely to Genesis to Malachi. Loosely to Genesis to Malachi. It was written first in Hebrew and has been translated in human languages such that you have your english version you have your tree akan version and all of that it means that god is interested in human language human culture so if god's counsels would be transferred transmitted through human language and you know that language forms you know the basic or the crust or the core of culture the culture of a people it means that we cannot study the counsels of God without paying attention to human language, without paying attention to the prevalent culture of the people. Again, don't forget that our topic is finding your help meets. We are going to find the help meet, but we are going to find the help meet as a counsel of God spoken of in a particular culture, written down with human language. So we are going to explore all this as we go on. Therefore, the student of the Bible must also be a student of language. Take note of this. You can write it down. The student of the Bible must also be a student of language. If he is not a student of language, then he cannot study the Bible. The Bible is written in a language. A language, first and foremost, written and then furthermore translated. So the student of the Bible must pay attention to the language of the Bible in paying attention to language, all the rules, the laws of language applies. So, even though the Bible is a spiritual material, first class, first hand spiritual material, it is written down in human language, and therefore, in our appreciation of the facts that are therein, we have to pay attention to the laws, the rules of language, even as we would do with secular literature. Hallelujah. This is very important and a very sensitive, you know, part of Bible interpretation that when it is lost, every other thing uh, is lost. I say this, that the same way you pay attention to your secular literature, your books in school, is the same way you should pay attention to the Bible. So, for instance, the scripture we just read 
in Genesis 2.20 is an account of Moses writing and Moses mentions a certain help meet. You know, you don't have to assume for Moses that this help meet refers to so and so until you have studied help meets in the context of what Moses was writing, in the culture of what Moses was writing. We will we, we'll get there very soon. So the uh, teacher or the student of the Bible must not be casual with language. Since all that can be known about God must be known in human language. Everything that can be known about God would be known in human language. So our terms of you know, explaining God. For instance, when we say Jesus is the Savior, that word Savior in the Greek is sota. Sota is not a spiritual word. So to speak, sota is a Greek word that refers to a conqueror, a warrior, very, very strong, powerful warrior. And, you know, the people that the Bible was written to, if I should say the first the first century christians who received this word as first hand information understood perfectly when we said sota because they know okay in our culture we have a sota and this is what the sota does the sota is someone who goes to war achieves a feat defeats a colony and comes home and then announces that henceforth this particular place has been won so this is our territory. That is the Sutta. And when Jesus says in Matthew chapter 16 that I will build my church and the gates of hate shall not prevail against it, the church that he refers to is also not Jesus' own coinage or a spiritual word, if I should say. Sutta is S-O-T-E-R. So church is ecclesia. Church is a well-known word that was in use at Jesus' time. In fact, church refers to an assembly, an assembly that takes decisions. So a church refers to a group of people that are called from among the citizens who come together and take decisions that are binding on the other citizens. So Bible words are not, excuse me to say spiritual words when I say that, understand me. Hallelujah. It's very important to pay attention to the prevalent culture, to the prevalent language, because that is how you are going to understand God. Hallelujah. That said, Paul in 1 Timothy 3.2, just as Jesus says in Matthew 28.18.20, Paul also passes this instruction that is worthy to note. 1 Timothy 3.2, it says that, a bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, able to teach. The King James puts it apt to teach. So the bishop, that is the one who oversees, or if I should, uh, you know, uh, what I down a bit, I will say the serious-minded Christian should be able to teach. Now, if you understand the concept of spiritual growth, you realize that um, we are all saved, but as we grow in Christ, then we take up responsibility. So the bishop is not born into Christ as a bishop. He is someone who grows and then assumes that responsibility. That is to say that 
anybody at all from among the church can be a bishop. And so the instructions to the bishop is actually a general instruction, but uh, you know, somebody who is found practicing and doing it well would be called a bishop. So when you see instructions like this, don't think, oh, this is for my pastor and not for me. So the Bible student, the Christian, should be blameless. Everybody should be blameless. A husband of one wife. So you don't say my pastor has to marry one wife. I have to marry three and four. Praise God. It's for everybody. Hospitable. Able to teach. Means the Christian should be able to teach. I told you that Jesus said that the authority is to disciple men and that discipleship should be done via teaching. How do we know you are a Christian, a good Christian for that matter? It is your ability to teach your ability to explain. So that ability is very important, very vital for every Christian. Second Timothy 2.2 also has an instruction. And it says that, And the things you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So Paul is saying that, I have taught in a certain fashion. You have There have been witnesses who have seen the way I teach. Make sure you pass on my style of teaching as well as the content of my message to faithful men. Now, these men are supposed to copy everything. So, the Christian work is a work of copying. You don't, you don't innovate. And I thank God that um, Mr. Daniel Hammed that very well, said that everything that we are going to say is a repetition of truths. We are not innovating. We are just repeating what has been said, what will continue to be said. In fact, 20 years from now, when you meet me, I should be able to repeat the same truth to you. That is how you know that I am saying the truth. The life of truth is in its repetition. It is supposed to be repeated over and over again. So that is very important. So the counsels of God must also be passed on from generation to generation. And in passing it on, the meaning of that counsel, as well as the mode of communication of that counsel, as well as the style of communication of that counsel should not be lost. Let me say this again. In passing on the counsels of God, the counsels of God, the counsels of God, from generation to generation, that is what has been done from Genesis to Revelation. There is a passage of the counsels of God. The meaning should not be lost. The mode should not be lost. The style of communication should not be lost. In fact, to paraphrase this, I will say that a portion of scripture cannot mean today what it did not mean when it was first written or told. The portion of scripture, a portion of scripture cannot mean today what it did not mean when it was first told. That means that what it means when it was said then is the same meaning now. The meaning when lost would mean that what was passed on has also been lost. Hallelujah. So in our Christian work, we must not be found being innovative. You know, when we meet as people of God and we ask, why is it that the evangelism drive of the church has come down? You don't innovate and say, oh, um, the, the, the methods are archaic. The preaching methods are archaic. No. The same methods is what should be repeated. Very important. So there is a definite pattern of study and teaching. 
and we are going to see that as we proceed that pattern will be seen primarily you know taught by jesus and his apostles also repeating it the same thing so i always say this that if jesus didn't teach it if none of his apostles didn't none of his apostles taught it as well then you have no business teaching it hear me again if jesus didn't teach it like that if none of his apostles taught it like that then you have no business teaching it i remember having a conversation around this statement with a, a, a friend of mine i don't know where he is now i haven't heard from him for a long time and you know this young man i mean i'm also a young man but this young man made a comment that caught my attention and you know wowed me what he said was that uh, man of god we cannot be found repeating paul because you know the era of paul is past it, it is us that god is dealing with and so we have to you know see god ourselves know god ourselves you know some funny statement like that and at a point he sought to say that you know let's forget about paul your time is past it is us and i said young man have you suffered half or even quarter of the trials and tribulations that apostle paul went through you know for you to sideline him so loosely you know you 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 haven't faced any attack on your christian work nobody has even poured acid on you even urine on you for preaching the gospel <laughs> and you call yourself you know a superior apostle to paul the bible students should not be found saying things like that hallelujah if jesus didn't teach it if his apostles didn't teach it you have no business teaching it even if you hear an angel say it to you you still have no business teaching it hallelujah so therefore the bible student must not merely be found quoting from the bible you know the bible is not meant to be quoted the bible is meant to be explained the bishop must be apt to teach has an ability to teach don't just quote scriptures but be able to explain them the life of bible doctrine is in its explanation so you don't just tell me as for my church we believe in a b c d someone said that as for my church we believe that we should cover our hair someone will say no me i believe we shouldn't cover our hair and the one who says we should cover our hair you ask what is your explanation he says, oh paul taught it in first uh, corinthians 14 and and that is the only explanation to that you know and the one who says the hair should not be covered to say oh we are not under the old testament you know and you want to find out is there any instruction in the old testament that says you should cover your head you know funny statements like that so bible doctrine is meant to be explained not just to be quoted i remember you know growing up getting exposed to the concept of grace and then people were fighting the concept of eternal salvation eternal security and you you would hear funny statements like someone would say oh one saved forever saved is a lie from the pit of hell and we leave it as that and i'm like come on you know that this will be after you have taken your time to explain quote enough scriptures and the person will say oh my pastor said it's a lie from the pit of hell and i'm like that's not enough so the life of bible doctrine 
Why do you say it's a lie from the pit of hell? At least explain how it entered hell, how salvation was able to enter hell and come out and become a lie. You know, we shouldn't be found doing that. When you are not sure, say, I'm not sure. When you don't know it, say, I don't know it. You know, don't be found making fanciful quotes. So, in Bible doctrine, we should endeavor to stay. Stay with Jesus, praise God. Stay with the apostles. And, you know, by the time I finish, I'll say, stay with Moses. <laughs> stay with Jesus. Stay with his apostles. In fact, stay with the entire Old Testament, if I should say loosely. The Old Testament will refer to Genesis to Malachi. Stay with them because it, that, that will be your foundation for any doctrine. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 to 17. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 to 17. I, I need you to follow me carefully. Don't, don't lose me so that I don't lose you. 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 17. I read. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. So again, you can't read any instruction from Paul and not hear a charge to continue. You know, same as Jesus, disciple men. Paul would say, continue in the things. Continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. So Paul is telling Timothy, don't do it your own way. Same style, same message, repeat it continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of again you have to be assured of it knowing from whom you have learned them you know verse 15 and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in christ jesus all scripture is given by inspiration of god and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness that the man of god may be complete truly Equipped for every good work. <laughs> Truly equipped for every good work. So let me say that at the end of discipleship, if ever there is an end to discipleship, you know, the, 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 the student should be seen in the same light as Christ, should be seen doing things as Christ. Because Jesus said that, Teach them, even as I have taught you, command them to obey whatever I have commanded. So the apostles would obey Jesus, would teach as Jesus taught, and their disciples would teach as they taught. That is why Paul could say that, follow me, even as I follow Christ. So there is that pattern, handing down of information. So at the end of discipleship, if there is ever anything like that, I believe there is nothing like that. There is no end to it. Hallelujah. But at the end of the day, we should find the disciple also, you know, being like Jesus in his conduct, in his teaching, and, and you know, things like that. That means that you don't go to church, to, to Bible, Bible study, and at the end of the church, you end up becoming a businessman. You know, I'm not against being a businessman. You don't go to church, and at the end of the day, become a doctor. I'm not against being a doctor. You don't go to church and at the end of the day become a carpenter. So church is not meant 
for teaching business principles as much as business principles is good as much as health is good as much as you know music is good we don't go to church primarily to learn this stuff you know because if that is the case then we should teach people how to farm how to fish how to you know be carpenters how to be boxers how to be footballers the church should teach all of these things you know or we shouldn't be selective if we are teaching business principles we should teach how to be a good footballer how to be a good carpenter how to be a good farmer to win the best farmer award and you know stuff like that i said this because you know a friend of mine read um second uh, timothy 317 said that the man of god may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good way and said every good work every means every good work means good way so examples of good work a carpenter a doctor a nurse a pharmacist every good work kinky seller rice ball seller a mutual seller and all of that that is every good work you know funny interpretation like that but that is not so hallelujah for we have not so learned christ at the end of the day we should be like christ praise god so pay attention to 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 17. Let me bring to light a few things that are there. Paul says, and that from a child, from verse 15, that from a child, that word child in the Greek is brephos, B-R-E-F-O-S, brephos, B-R-E-F-O-S. Brephos refers to an infant. In fact, a lot of times brephos is used for a baby still in the womb. Now, if you are careful, like I said, a Bible student should be careful to language, you realize that Paul making reference to Timothy as an infant, you know, from infancy, would suggest that it's either Paul has known Timothy since Timothy was in his mother's womb, or Paul is referring to another thing. So, from infancy, you have known the Holy Scripture. And it also mean that Paul and Timothy, while in his mother's womb, knew the Holy Scriptures. That would be so strange and very strange. So, breakfast, even though it refers to spiritual, um, so, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself, refers to infancy in, in the mother's womb. Breakfast is also used for spiritual, that would, that would be a miracle, miracle baby, man of God. Breakfast also refers to the state of a man's spiritual development. That means that at salvation, at the new birth, the born-again man can be called, referred to as an infant. An infant because has been birthed anew. An infant because there is more to learn, more to study. So Paul in this was making reference to Timothy's spiritual development, not physical development. In fact, historically, Paul met Timothy in Acts 16. And in Acts 16, Timothy was already a teenager, uh, you know. So Paul could not have been referring to um, Timothy's uh, infancy, like uh, a baby in a womb. Hallelujah. So that from a child, that is from spiritual infancy or from your, uh, let's say, born again, from your new birth, you have known, you have known the Holy Scripture. This word known in the Greek is ido, E-I-D-O, E-I-D-O, ido. It means to perceive or to find something by observation. To perceive or to find by observation. It is also used for getting knowledge, for getting facts. I want you to take note that ido is always an active word. 
it is not a passive word so when i say you have idled you have known i don't mean that you stood there and then by certain supernatural occurrence you got to know it no what it means is that you persisted in knowing you studied you gathered information you put together facts and at the end of the putting to the, together of the fact we said oh you have known so we can actually trace you back and know that oh this is how you knew you started from a you put together b you did c and at the end of the day we say oh you have known how do we know that you have known so paul says that from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which is able to make you wise the word wise in the greek is sophizo it actually means skillful you are skillful it also means a craftsmanship in first peter 1 16 peter used the same word when he refers to jesus's appearance and he says that we have not followed cunningly devised fables first peter 1 16 first peter 1 16 let me get that for you so peter says that um okay so it's second peter rather sorry second peter 116 for we did not follow cunningly devised fables that is the word sophizo now the greek for cunningly devised fables actually suggests um the art of plotting a movie plotting a movie so it means that um peter is saying that when we talk about jesus when we talk as eyewitnesses to jesus we are not plotting a movie we are not putting together scenes so that word sophizo as paul uses in second timothy 3 suggests that timothy after putting together facts from the scriptures i'll tell you what the scriptures means very soon was skillful in a certain subject matter so at the end of the day we will measure how you have known you have idled by your skill if you have idled carpentry we will find it in your scale how you put together furniture so if you have idled the holy scriptures we will find it in your scale it is so disheartening when you meet a believer who doesn't care what happens to the bible you know i i recently had a chat with a friend like that and i asked that if you meet a man who says that um, doesn't believe that jesus is the son of god what do you say the, the person just said oh i don't care all i know is that for me he's the son of god i said ah. you know you can't be a christian a serious christian and then be found making comments like that and i told i told the person that you know what do you enjoy i, I enjoy praying i said ah, do you know that you know if the bible is not defended properly it's not explained well a time is going to come that what you enjoy will be taken from you you know men can skew the interpretation of the bible such that you can't pray again and praying would be seen as a crime even from the bible and she looked at me i said yes so you can't be found you know closing your eyes and i don't care whatever they say whatever they do no you have to be deliberate you have to pay attention you, you have to be interested in by someone who say hi me i don't do doctrine I, 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 i'm not a fan of doctrine you know the statement i don't do doctrine is a doctrine on its own you know you might have heard it from somewhere someone might have told you and that is a doctrine it's, it's actually a teaching on its own so for you to say you don't do doctrine you're actually doing doctrine 
and you are doing false doctrine. Hallelujah. And so, idol means to know by putting together facts. At the end of the day, Timothy is accounted of as becoming wise, becoming skillful. Skillful in what? Timothy, after studying the Holy Scriptures. And I said that the Holy Scriptures refers to the Old Testament. I'm going to prove that to you. In what? Praise God. If you can hear me, I want you to type, I hear you. If you can hear me, type, I hear you. Yes. So, Timothy. In, in 315, 2 Timothy 3, you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation. So, Timothy had become skillful in salvation it means that after timothy had gone to church for so many years when we found timothy we found that he was skillful in salvation he wasn't skillful in singing you know i'm not against singing he wasn't skillful in drumming which is very good he wasn't skillful in acting play doing choreography wasn't skillful in you know uh, business strategies he wasn't skillful in you know changing costumes you know traditional sunday putting on batakali on a sunday skillful her skill the skillfulness of timothy was found wasn't skillful in uh, champions league sunday you know rep your rep your club rep your jersey wasn't skillful in those things was skillful in the subject of salvation a man is known by by to, a man is known to have studied the scriptures when we find him in his explanation of salvation in fact you don't know the Bible well until we have heard you explain the subject of salvation. Now, again, I said the Holy Scriptures, the Holy Scriptures in the Greek is actually Hieros Grammar. Let me spell it for you. I-H-I-E-R-O-S. Hieros Grammar. G-R-A-M-M-A. What it means is set apart or set aside writings. Now, in Hieros Grammar, we refer to the content of the material. So the content of the material is actually set apart. That is what Paul is trying to say. You have known the set apart contents. And the set apart contents are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. The set apart, the content of the Old Testament I, I said the scriptures refers to the Old Testament. Hallelujah. John 5, 39, Jesus said that you search the scriptures. At the time Jesus was saying you search the scriptures, in fact, John had not written his epistle. Paul had not written Ephesians. None of your New Testament books had been written. So when Jesus says you search the scriptures, the well-documented uh, um, um, document you know, in circulation at that time was the Old Testament. Genesis to Malachi. So that is the scriptures. Praise God. In Luke 24, 26 to 27, Jesus explained from the scriptures. And when he was doing the explanation, Luke had not written what has been written down. So the scriptures refers to the Old Testament, Genesis to Malachi. So Paul is saying that the content of the scriptures, Genesis to Malachi, have, have been set apart for the subject of salvation 
through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So Holy Scriptures is hero's grammar, the set-apart content. Hallelujah. So Jesus and the apostles made reference to the Old Testament. Okay? They made reference to the Old Testament. And I want you to take note of this phrase. It's very important for me. Take note of this phrase. So, Timothy has known the Holy Scriptures, said the Old Testament, which has made him skillful in the subject of, take note of this phrase, salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. I always say this. This is a compound phrase that you must not be found separating. When the moment you separate it, you are, you are getting into trouble. Salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So take note. The contents that Timothy had known and had been skill, skillful in was salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And I think last, last week I did something. I did something. I said that, that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures. And I said take note of the comma after Holy Scriptures. And take note of the phrase which are able to make you wise for salvation. And I said that which are able to make you wise for salvation is actually um, an adjectival phrase. Do you remember? I said it's an adjectival phrase which is qualifying the noun, the Holy Scriptures. So if you take away the adjectival phrase, what you are going to get is that you have known the Holy Scriptures through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Okay, so the Holy Scriptures are supposed to be known through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. The subject matter is salvation. Through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. That is what Timothy had been skilled in. Now, in verse 16, take note that from 15, the content is making him wise, skillful in salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So we can say that actually the content, what Timothy knew concerning the Holy Scriptures, the set apart writings, was salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So in verse 16, when he says all scriptures, all scriptures actually means pass grapho. P-A-S-G-R-A-P-H-O. Pass grapho or graphy, depending on what lexicon you are using. But it's the same thing. What it means is that pass P-A-S-G, pass G, pass P-A-S-G-R-A-P-H-O. What it means is that that which is written. So, hero's grammar is the content, the meaning, and past graph, grapho or graphy is the writing itself. So, the content is salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And in the content or the subject matter of the scriptures, we would employ all scriptures, all the writings, all these writings around the subject matter. So, all scriptures will mean all these writings around the subject matter which is salvation through faith is profitable for doctrine so therefore all scriptures has a goal point a focus point that is salvation through faith which is in christ jesus so salvation through faith which is in christ jesus would be taught using the scriptures for doctrine so what paul is saying is that in teaching salvation through faith in Christ Jesus, we would teach it as a doctrine. Okay? That is what verse 16 means. Our scripture is given by the inspiration of God and it's profitable. Profitable means of felimos. Felimos in the Greek means it is of importance for doctrine. Now let me teach you something. In the Greek, the use of commerce is very important. So in the Greek, when you are 
arranging um, um, a list of items. Usually, what they do, the Greek scholars, what they do is that they pick one which is of utmost importance or one that can explain the subsequent lists and they place that as first. Let me show you an example. In Galatians chapter 5, turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. Let me show you something. Okay, so Galatians chapter 5, finding your help meet, right? So we are finding it. Don't, don't, don't worry, we are finding it. We'll find the help meet very soon. Galatians chapter 5. I want us to start reading from verse 13. Pay attention. Galatians 5, 13. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love. Take note of through love. So it's a, a contrasting statement. You have been called to liberty. Don't use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but instead through love. So in through love, serve one another. We can say here that from this point, Paul is going to focus on love. Let's go on. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, you shall love. Love again. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. So the subject matter up to this point is love, if you can see clearly. Now in verse 16, he says that walk, I say then, walk in the spirit. You know, we can easily substitute walk in the spirit as walk in love. Because he had already told you that the, the whole law is summed up in love. Therefore, what he is expecting you to do, what to do, is actually a walk in love. But he would say in the spirit. So therefore, we can, we can easily substitute the spirit with love. And we will not be wrong. Because love has been the subject matter. Do you get me? I said then walk in the spirit. You can say walk in love. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Okay? For the last of the for the flesh lasts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary to one another that you do not do the things that you wish. If you are led by the spirit, if you are led by love, you can actually see you are led by love. Okay, led by the spirit, you are not under the law. You see, so he said he used he used love to explain the law. The sum of the law is you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says if you love, then you are not under the law. Okay, right. So now the works of the flesh are evident. And he mentions them. Now, <clears throat> look at verse 22. I told you the subject matter has been love coming down. So, but the fruit of the spirit. Take note that he doesn't add an S to the fruit. You know, people have had issues with that. They say fruits, bear this, small bear this. But Paul says the fruits. The fruits. It means that there's just one fruit. And in explaining the fruit of the spirit, what will be the fruit of the spirit? I told you that the subject matter was love. And I said, walk in the spirit will actually mean walk in love. Now, he gets to fruit and he says fruit, just one. And interestingly, he places love as the first. So in the Greek, what this means is that the fruit of the spirit is actually one fruit. That fruit is love. And love would give birth to joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. So you don't have separate, 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 separate fruit. What you have is one, which is love. And Love would give birth to the other things. Praise God. So in the same vein, look at 2 Timothy 3.16. When he says all scripture is profitable for doctrine, it means that the essence of the scriptures, the content of the scriptures is doctrine. Doctrine means that um, an explanation, didache, didache, D-I-D-A-C-H-E. It means that 
the 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 scriptures are meant to be explained. I told you that already, and they will be explained around the subject, the content of salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, in teaching salvation, we would explain so for doctrine. Okay, so primarily we are going to explain. So Paul is saying that Timothy must have explained it so well that he says you are now skillful in it, skillful in the explanation of salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And in explanation, so take note, profitable for doctrine. Doctrine will explain the other list, like we did for the fruit. So in doctrine, that is in a, an explanation, we would reproof. That is the meaning of for reproof. Reproof means to give an evidence, a lekko in the Greek. is the same word that is used in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Okay, the Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So, in explaining salvation, we will give an evidence, okay? In explaining salvation, we will give an evidence for reproof, for correction. Correction in the Greek is epanatosis. It means to turn an attention from wrong to right. Epanatosis, to, 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 to move somebody. So, it means that in the subject of salvation, we will correct men. We will correct how people think, how people think about the subject will correct so in in in, in teaching salvation will correct and we will also instruct in righteousness we'll instruct in righteousness a man the uh, instruct means pay there to to train in righteousness and the man of god may be complete truly equipped for every good work what will be every good work if you are followed carefully you know that every good work will be work done in the subject of salvation not carpentry and a mutual and watchy seller every good work praise god hallelujah i hope you are not getting bored we are we are going somewhere i need you to follow carefully so therefore let's say this let's let's do this quickly and i need you to keep your focus so we can safely say that i always say this i'll say it again salvation through faith which is in christ jesus is the doctrine of the bible Write this down. Salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus, is the doctrine of the Bible. That means any use of the Bible outside salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus, is an abuse. The manual, the one who wrote the manual, expects it to be explained in the light of salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So if you pick your Bible and the first thing that comes into your mind is a business principle, how to make it in life. You have gotten it wrong right from the beginning. Salvation through faith is the doctrine of the Bible. Every explanation would be done around that subject matter. Any use of the scriptures outside salvation through faith in Christ Jesus is an abuse. It's an abuse. It also suggests that the counsels of God would be taught in the light of salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. The counsels of God will be taught in the light of salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So the Bible is a salvation material. The Bible is a salvation material. The contents in it are meant for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. If we will correct men, we will correct men in the subject of salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Praise God. My time is running like something. But I'm trusting God to lay a good foundation for you. So that when we start doing the buga buga and the intricacies, you will not stare at me and call me probably as a heretic. I need you to understand it. 
So the writers of the scriptures would write primarily concerning salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Write this down also. The writers will write concerning salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So for instance, if you pick a man like Moses, Moses would not be a historian. Moses would not be, you know, um, someone who is writing uh, plenty laws, plenty laws. Moses would not be the chief justice or the speaker of parliament to be writing laws. Everything, instructions, laws that he would give would be around the subject of salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So I like this statement made by Sir E.W. Kenyon. E.W. Kenyon wrote a book called The Bible in the Light of Redemption. It means that the Bible is supposed to be studied in the light of redemption. You know, before you read the Bible for uh, curses to use on human beings, read it in the light of redemption. Bible should be studied in the light of redemption. And I say this to my um, colleagues and friends who are music ministers. I say this, that sing songs in the light of redemption. Without redemption, there is no Bible. And without the Bible, there is nothing called a gospel song. So if you sing a gospel song, it should be explained in the light of redemption. This is very vital to me. So as we go on to study, you will hear me say this frequently. I will tell you to keep your eye on the ball. Keep your eye on the ball. I've already told you that the Bible is a faith material, faith for salvation through faith, faith for salvation. So when I say keep your eye on the ball, what I refer to is keep your eye on the subject matter of the Bible, salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. As we seek to unravel the help meet, keep your eye on the ball. Don't be swayed. Hallelujah. Don't be moved. I think I have a few minutes. Let me do this. <clears throat> Quickly, I have a few minutes. Let me do this. So, in Luke 24, I'll give you the story. And I'll ask you to read it later on. I'll give you the story. So, in Luke chapter 24, which is an account of Jesus when he rose from the dead, there's an interesting story there. Uh, when Jesus rose up, the Bible says that he <clears throat> walked on a certain road called Emmaus. In fact, for me, I say that the explanation of Jesus on the road to Emmaus should be the explanation for every believer because on the road to emmaus jesus explains why he did what he did in the four gospels why moses did what he did why all the prophets did what they did in the in the road to emmaus the bible is put in the right perspective in fact without the emmaus interpretation i would say that the minister of the gospel or a preacher of the bible should hold on <laughs> when you have not come into contact with the emmaus interpretation hold on don't teach anything yet until you have come into contact with the emmaus interpretation so i'm going to teach you the emmaus interpretation when you haven't had that hold on you can't use the bible well enough until you have come into the light of the emmaus interpretation so on the road to emmaus what happened was that jesus met two of his disciples and um, historians would say that maybe mr and mrs clopas but one of them was called clopas and on that road these were these these two people were having a conversation 
and the conversation they were having was an interesting one. Jesus, who was accounted of God with signs and wonders, did a lot of them, had been crucified. And it was the third day. And, you know, these people were he hearing a lot of rumors. They, they are saying he has risen. And others are saying it's not true. And Jesus went close to them and says that what kind of, in verse 17, Luke 24, what kind of conversation is this that you are having with an, one another? And they told, the, the, one of them whose name was Clopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? Have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, take note, who was a prophet, mighty indeed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, beside all this, this is the third day and these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. So you see, Jesus had actually risen and these men were saying, ah, people are saying he was alive. And it baffled them that Jesus who died is rising again. But look at Jesus' response to them in verse 25. He says, Oh foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Now, in Jesus in correcting that narration, you know, calls them foolish. Now, foolish actually means that they were foolish in their understanding. It doesn't mean they are foolish in their personalities. Jesus calls that explanation and understanding of the events following his death, burial, and resurrection as foolish. Foolish because, why does he call it foolish? Foolish because he calls it a slowness of the heart to believe. So Jesus calls it the slowness of the heart. It actually means braduscardia in the Greek. When we say your heart is slow, it actually means you didn't believe. It doesn't mean that you are slow. No. So when scriptures say that be slow to wrath, it doesn't mean that uh, be, be angry, but take your time and be angry. No. It means don't be angry. So slowness to believe means that they did not believe. What did they not believe? Jesus says they did not believe all that the prophets have spoken. It means that the events of that time had already been spoken afar off. And Jesus in 26 says that ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory. It means that if you pay attention to the prophets, you are going to see that Jesus will die, Jesus will rise up, Jesus will enter into his glory. In 27, now Jesus begins to explain to them from where? From the scriptures. Remember, Paul says that, Timothy has known the Holy Scriptures. So Jesus died, went, you know, to Hades, the place of the dead, rose up. And the first thing he's interested in doing, in correcting people's mindset, is not to tell them any vision, but to take them back to the Scriptures, back to the Bible. It means that Jesus himself, who is the fulfillment of the Scriptures, if I should say, salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus, in explaining himself, went back to the scriptures. It means that any subject matter that wants to be understood, needs to be understood, needs to be taught, has to be taught from the scriptures. Where from the scriptures? Verse 27, beginning at Moses. Take note of this statement. We'll be revisiting it. Beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So Jesus taught them from the scriptures. And he taught them beginning from Moses and all the scriptures. And he said that the Christ ought to suffer and enter into his glory. 
is that salvation through faith which is in christ jesus so salvation through faith which is in christ jesus i said which is the content of the scriptures would would mean that the christ would suffer salvation through faith which is in christ jesus the christ who is supposed to bring the salvation will suffer and would enter into his glory very important so i would say that this phrase is the subject matter of the words of the prophets in the old testament this is what they sought to explain in fact when you read the old testament very well you are going to see what we will call that identity unifiers so you are going to see a man like david cry that my god my god why have you forsaken me as at the time that david was crying in fact he had he was actually going through a troubling moment and it seemed god had forsaken him but you will see the christ saying the same thing exactly what david said and so you would see an interaction between david and the christ who are centuries apart a lot of years apart and they are saying the same thing what it means is that the bible because it is a material for salvation through faith in christ jesus will have several authors but the authors would be found interacting moses will be interacting with david moses will be interacting with jesus david would be interacting with jesus and there would be that interaction so moses's experience would be jesus's experience david's experience would be jesus's experience and you are going to see them so we'll say they are identity unifiers their experience would unify hallelujah and they would predict the sufferings of the Christ. That is why Jesus was telling them that you are foolish. Because if you paid attention to David, if you paid attention to David, you would not say that, ah, why is it that it's three days and he hasn't risen? Praise God. It's getting interesting, right? And in Luke 24, 25, in Luke 24, 44, he meets his own disciples, the people that he had been with, had 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 been with, had been in close association with. And you know, he tells them that these are the words which I spoke to you. Now, take note. Jesus at his resurrection says, these are the words which I spoke to you. It means that the account of the four Gospels, even though they were written much after this discourse has taken place, is also an account of Jesus, you know, saying the, exactly the same thing as the prophets have said. So it means that Jesus' words in the four Gospels are not words that are spoken anyhow for instance if jesus in matthew 19 teaches marriage or talks about marriage you should be smart to know that he is not talking about you know marrying man woman relationship because he would quote or i don't want to say jesus would quote moses but he would <clears throat> explain moses say the same thing moses said would explain you know what God wants to do, which is salvation through faith in Christ Jesus around marriage. Hallelujah. Do you see where we are going? So I said that the counsels of God are taught in human language. It means that if God wants to teach, he can't find things outside the human language, human behavior, things that man cannot identify with. It will be things we can identify with. So for instance, if God wants to teach salvation through faith, he will teach it as marriage. Because we are in union with one another, you know, a natural carnal affair. <clears throat> Man wants to marry, which is which is which is not a bad thing. But God would pick that institution and then teach salvation through faith using that. Hallelujah! It's beautiful. 
It's beautiful. So Jesus meets his apostles and says that these are the words which I spoke to you while I was with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written again, look at this, in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. So Jesus is making preference to uh, arguably the whole of the Old Testament. I say I use Old Testament loosely. Okay, maybe at another time I'll explain to you why I use Old Testament loosely. So from Genesis to Malachi, Jesus says that he he explains to them that it is written that the Christ should suffer and enter into glory on the third day. These are the words which I spoke to you that all things must be fulfilled were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Open the understanding. The word open the understanding in the Greek is dinogio. It means to, 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 to open. It's just like um, um, a, a woman getting pregnant for the first time, a firstborn. So for the first time, their eye is open to how the scriptures are supposed to be interpreted. And interesting, this is how Jesus had been teaching them. It means that when he was with them teaching them, they didn't really understand anything. Until Jesus opened to them from the Old um, Testament. Very, very, very important. So, from Moses beginning from Moses beginning from Moses beginning from Moses would mean that Jesus would start his explanation from Moses and would make reference to Moses as he goes on that is a r x e m e n o u s menos it means to start from a point a principal point and stay there so jesus would explain from moses and stay with moses in his explanation in fact if i'm going to do anything to understand it i'm going to make sure that i you know vindicate moses i'm going to vindicate moses for you because growing up in my first engagement with the message of grace what the message did to me was that I faulted Moses a lot. I, I thought of Moses as the lawgiver, the one who gave a lot of commandments. And so but all I had to say about Moses was that oh, he was a bad guy. But in this discussion, in this study, I'm going to vindicate Moses for you so that you see Moses as an honest guy. Hallelujah. So that's what I'm going to do basically for you as we go on. So Christ's interpretation would be from Moses and staying with Moses. Of course, the scripture we read in Genesis 2.20 is an account of Moses. So we are going to understand the help meet, know the help meet from Moses. Moses will be the one who will teach us the help meet. Hallelujah. And Christ's interpretation will be from Moses. So let me say this about Moses. Moses is not a historian. Praise God. He's not a historian. Even though he will write history, he's not a historian. Just ask the apostles. You know, the four Gospels could be mistaken as an eyewitness account, maybe an account of history. But you realize that it is actually an explanation. It is a theology. They would deliberately choose stories to use. So the last time I told you that in John chapter 21, John says that the miracles Jesus did are plenty. If I'm to write it, no book can contain it. It means that 
in my choosing of his miracles i was deliberate so you can actually pick and study from john's miracles and you realize that he was writing a story and the story will find its conclusion in christ who will die on the cross so these guys would not be historians they would pick facts intelligently put it together to explain that jesus once lived on earth hallelujah so very important moses is not a historian even though he will write history he will not just write history but rather he will present the history of israel in order to explain salvation so moses would be your chief writer when it comes to salvation hallelujah i want to i want to um and on this note i want you to pay attention to this final statement i'm saying that jesus's explanation will begin from moses and will stay with moses and moses is not your regular history guy in fact moses is not a scientist so when you hear moses write in the beginning god created the heaven and the earth if i don't take your evolution theory to moses because he is a prophet and if he is a prophet he will speak concerning the christ he will explain the creation story in the light of salvation he will use creation to explain salvation so right from genesis 1 moses will start explaining salvation moses is not a scientist he's not a historian even though he writes science even though he writes history the same way the bible is not a business material even though you can find business concepts in it i told you the essence of the scriptures will be salvation through faith in christ so as we seek to explore to find the help meet we will find this help meet in what context can someone write it there in what context are we going to find the help meet if you get this i'll finish my job for today it means i've prepared you for tomorrow now tell me in what context are we going to find the help meet the, the topic is finding your help meet in what context are you going to find your help meet somebody type it salvation through faith in christ jesus right can we say that salvation through faith in christ jesus is the context for the help meet so our eye will be on the ball our eye will be on the ball as we search for the help meet our eye on the ball we we'll make reference to moses right <laughs> we we'll make reference to all the prophets right and we will quote jesus extensively and we will quote his apostles too our eye on the ball in fact we we'll quote the man paul <laughs> we quote the man paul on the subject of the help meet and we are going to find solace in their writings i want you to prepare your hearts even as we delve into much deeper truths let me give you um you know a template of what we are going to do in our subsequent lessons i want you to go and listen to this very well if, if, if the recording will be available tonight i'll be happy so that by the time we step into the deep waters at dawn tomorrow you know you will not be found found one. if anybody wants to follow us let them come back and listen to this so what we are going to do basically is that we are going to use jesus's mode of interpretation to explain the help needs i've already told you how he will interpret from moses right we quote moses so we we'll use jesus's interpretation to explain the help needs in fact we will pay attention to moses the writer 
I told you that I will vindicate Moses. I will do that so well. So that you will not fault Moses. In fact, you will not say Moses gave a lot of commandments. And then, and then, and then Moses was the one punishing the people. You won't fault Moses. Hallelujah. Moses is a good guy. Praise the Lord. So you will find Moses interacting with Jesus. And we will do that. And if time permits us, I would explain the help meets from Moses, from Jesus, <laughs> and from Paul. These guys will all write concerning the same things. I'll explain the help meet from Moses, from Jesus, maybe from David. David will also say a thing or two concerning the help meet. And then Paul essentially would say something concerning the help meet. That would be our second. And then, um, if time permits, I would want to talk about the the indwelling of the Spirit. We we'll feast on John 4. Jesus saying he's going to prepare a place. Where is he going to prepare? Is it a place outside, outside the, the earth, outside the universe? So that when it's time he'll come and take us the rapture and take us to mansions where some people will have you know brick atakwame atakwame houses you know, someone says he went to heaven and saw a bit his building the building didn't have a roof you know you would have thought this person would end the vision there but she went ahead to say that after a short time it started raining in heaven interesting revelations people can have when they are not taught rightly from the word of God. So there was rain falling in heaven and you know because her house wasn't roofed the whole house was flooded. I'm sure they had to call Nadmo heavenly Nadmo <laughs> you know if you don't read your bible you, you have interesting visions and then very funny visions when you just read your bible you won't be found seeing such things and so tonight i want to end on this note if you are here and you are hearing the sound of my voice give me some five minutes let me do this i've told you that the bible is an information concerning salvation through faith which is in christ jesus it means that essentially what god is interested in for every man is salvation it is this salvation story that begins in genesis and ends in revelation it's an account of salvation and let me say this that in the account of salvation in the subject of salvation we have found god as faithful the bible says that um, for god so loved the word that he gave his only begotten and that whosoever believed believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life so in the subject of salvation we find god as faithful faithful with his promises from genesis to revelation still seeing the same thing that if a man should believe he will be saved so if you are hearing me and you have not received jesus as your savior in fact because god is faithful god is faithful with the consequence of not receiving jesus so in mark 16 verse 15 and 16 he says that he who believes will be saved but he who does not believe will be damned 
it doesn't mean that God is going to, you know, do uh, something to the man who doesn't b- believe. God is faithful in declaring that because he is the one who would save. If having God to say your matter some for you is called damnation. <laughs> and so God is opening his arm wide. Maybe you just join the feet and I invite you to receive the Savior's lap. In fact, we have judged him faithful. Judge him faithful. The people here, most of us here have judged him faithful. Faithful that he who believes in, 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 in John chapter 10, verse 23, he says, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. He's faithful. If you entrust your life in his hands, you will never perish. How would you entrust your life in his life? in his hands by believing in your heart that Jesus who is the subject of the Bible subject of salvation died for your sin and when he died he rose again the third day in fact God in proving his faithfulness actually resurrected Jesus from the dead proving that whoever believes in Jesus just as Jesus rose from the dead and cannot die again that man who believes in Jesus would also receive Jesus' life that is what we call eternal life eternal life it actually means that life of this age life that jesus brings so eternal life actually starts the day jesus entered earth that is when eternal life started so eternal life is the life of jesus an account of his life till he died and rose again god would give that life to you and it means that jesus would 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 take control of your life hallelujah i want to invite you if you are here and you haven't received jesus as your lord and savior i want you to lift your hand wherever you are and you know if you have received these words um, i want to lead you in a short prayer in fact you are supposed to pray on your own but i'm going to just guide you if you have believed my message the response is a response of faith and faith will speak faith will say i believe <laughs> faith will just say i believe man of god that's all and you are born again but i'm going to guide you to say so close your eyes lift up your hand wherever you are and say with me that i believe in my heart i believe in my heart that jesus is the christ jesus is the christ and that he died for the sins of humanity <laughs> and he died for my sins also therefore i receive him as my savior and lord praise god hallelujah if you will be to jesus the bible says that except a man is born again he cannot see the kingdom of god what you have done is that you have been born of god hallelujah and so you have been welcomed into a family the family of saints a family of people who have been washed paged by the blood of jesus you have been welcomed into the community i always say this to people who receive the gospel when i preach to them that you will spend the rest of your life understanding what has happened to you what happened to you 
was happening to you in minute seconds but you spend the rest of your christian entire christian life understanding what has happened to you it's the same thing that we are doing hallelujah praise god glory be to jesus hallelujah i believe you have been blessed by this evening we will continue tomorrow and it's going to be it's going to get brutal 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 finding your help meets <laughs> you'll find out whether your help meet is your help meet alone or actually uh, he, he, that, that help meet is uh, the help meet for a lot of people we'll find out about all of those details i believe we've done a good foundation that will help us to unravel this mystery which is actually not a mystery but has been taught clearly in scriptures god bless you and like i said take your time to feast on what has been shared pray around it and let's meet again tomorrow morning thank you how about you man of god god bless you god bless you too wow wow glory to jesus glory to jesus glory to jesus somebody shout glory 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 to jesus glory to jesus salvation through faith in christ jesus today i know he has laid a lot of foundations for us that um, is going to guide us in finding our help me hallelujah don't forget that the main thing for this online camp meeting is the trajectory com- the comprehensive trajectory of redemption talking about the full details the all-encompassing journey of redemption and how God seeks to redeem and how God redeemed and how God is redeeming. I hope we are in church. Yeah, so basically that's what we are doing and started from somewhere and we are going somewhere. I want you to as, as borrowing from the word, follow the ball. This one, don't just follow. This one, you have to keep the ball in your house protect the ball and cover the ball and make sure the ball doesn't go out <laughs> oh thank you jesus i know that god is have you been blessed so far it's a very powerful session that i don't want you to take for granted we are we are we'll spend some few time in prayer we are going to pray is somebody ready to pray in this meeting looking at what we have been taught you need to pray some prayers somebody says i have to pray some prayers some 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 teachings after hearing them you need to pray you need to the only way to mastigate and digest in prayer hallelujah and this evening we want to pray hallelujah i want you to lift up your voice and begin to speak in the language of the spirit that lets your life glad my heart don't forget that even this nice teaching is also a way that god is fulfilling his purpose in man so you are telling god father let that life begin to feed my heart but i will grow up into you in all wisdom and glory lift up your voice and begin to pray in the spirit just pray pray in tones right now just pray in tones right now
Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the language of the Spirit right now. Push my heart, O Lord. Let's
everything that concerns our life. Can you hear me? Can you hear me at all? Uh, I don't know if I'm still connected. Yeah, so please give me feedback. So I want to know. Everything about our life is pointing to one thing. What is it? Oh, somebody talk to me. What what's what's our life pointing to? What's our life pointing to? What, what's our life? What is the salvation through faith in Christ Jesus? So it means that your education, God is using your education. Don't forget that in our morning section, the man of God made that understand that God is relying on you. Somebody say God is relying on you. It's something very important. It's a, it's a very strong foundation he laid for this evening session. That God is relying on you. Somebody say God is relying on me. God has no one anywhere. God has no pastor anywhere. God has no bishop anywhere. God has no nobody anywhere. The only one God has in mind in fulfilling this dream in in this journey of life in in fulfilling his supreme interest in satisfying his desire you are the one he has in mind that means that just the same way that he he projected every activity and all the records of circumstances let me tell you all the things that we have read are things that happened to people they were events they were activities as human as they were even David getting sad and sorrowful and crying, God, why have you left me? Was out of that cry, was pointing to a man who was supposed to save people through faith. Your tears are supposed to point to the salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Your joy, the new work you have gotten, the healing of your daughter, that appointment. That expansion, what that marriage, I don't know what to say. Everything, your finances, yeah, yeah. Everything that concerns you is pointing to one thing. That means that it is our responsibility to give, give the open door for God to point. That means anything that is not in line to, anything that is not employed by God, that is to point to this salvation through faith in Christ Jesus is not relevant. It is dead. It is a bad work. It's a bad work. He mentioned it. So it's not just about your nursing. It's not just about your promotion. It's not just about better children. No. If those things are not pointing to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus, it means it is a bad work. Good works are not satisfying moral laws. Good works are not necessarily talking about doing something spectacular in this world, like a sense of achievement and success. No, no. But being a letter, being an epistle, being a message of salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. We are making one prayer. Father, my life is also your record. My life is also a journey. Help me to submit my will. Help me to submit my mind. Help me to submit my counsel. Let everything that concerns me be, 
be projected to this goal salvation through faith in christ jesus i have no i don't have any mansion i'm building i don't have anything i don't uh, if i'm building my own ambition father i'm sorry if, if i'm if i'm doing my own thing if, it's like, if i have my own thing to do help me out holy spirit help me i lift up your voice and pray in the next two minutes i want you to pray open your heart and pray this prayer to die that living our life everything about you should glorify should 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 be glory to jesus lift up your voice we learn that glory is grace being perfected the consummation of grace when grace is perfected we call it glory and i want you to lift up your voice and pray the grace I'm experiencing in my education let it reveal your glory the grace i'm receiving in marriage is pointing to one thing the glory of god salvation in christ jesus lift up your voice lift up your voice somebody and pray uh, i don't want you to take for granted what you are doing lift up your voice in prayer so celebrate the Messiah. You alone, you alone. It is your dream alone. It is your purpose alone. It is your comprehension. Trajectory alone. Salvation through faith. My life increases the faith of people. My life encourages people in faith. To receive salvation salvation in all aspects of life salvation in sin salvation in everything somebody don't be quiet I want, to, I want to hear you pray I want to hear you pray oh, Lift up your voice. Shala Granda la Babasha. Fala Gada la Babasha. So celebrates. Let me hear you pray. Let me hear you pray. Rabba Shadagada Balabasha. Fegele Bedias. 
I see a revival right now. I see a wind of revival. I see something like a crystal water coming out of the throne of God, flooding the heart of men. Receive it right now. No one, no one who had walked in this path has lacked resources. In the name of Jesus. Listen, listen, listen. Listen, it's coming again. Listen, listen. No one, we are closing. Listen, listen to me. No one who has walked on this path has lacked resources. Let me tell you. You see, instead of that's what the Bible said that Matthew chapter 6 33, that seek ye the kingdom of God first. You see, it, it appears a very mere statement. There's something very profound in the spirit. And it's the very greatest principle you can never overlook. Let me tell you, if you align your life to be an epistle, to preach salvation, to let people know that they need deliverance they need salvation the only way they can get it is by their faith in christ they should stop working come to christ in faith keep believing in faith i tell you you are not going to lack resources all other things shall be added unto you if god is employing your educational path as a way of preaching salvation i'm telling you there's no way your education will lack resources it's not personal it's not an ambition no it's not personal selfish interest no if your marriage is what god is using my dear one it's not going to lack resources God at a point asked a prophet to marry and that was an expression of a message. If your life becomes an epistle, you will never lack resources. I pray that we will align our lives for the, the agenda of God to be expressed even in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, somebody give me a big amen. 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 Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Thank you so much for coming around. God bless you so much for coming around. God bless you, um, Dickie Joshua Nati, for blessing us. And it's been a very wonderful session. God willing, this dawn we are meeting again. We are meeting again 4 a.m. Don't don't allow the bed to overs- to swallow you to miss this blessing. It is actually something that you cannot miss. The message, I'll try my best and let it be available as quickly as possible. Download it, 
play it let the message sink into your heart and receive what god has for you there's a special thing god is doing for you in this season that you cannot miss there's something god is doing with your life that you cannot miss it we are finding our help meet and in this journey god is using you to do this thing god bless you so much don't forget to like share live cast and everything one problem is most of us are not helping us connect with people this is something that people need if it was something bad uh, something chaotic you would have posted it anywhere spread the news get connected invite people let them be blessed because god is taking us on a journey i'm hoping to meet you tomorrow 4 a.m gmt um, um, um those in us it will be 12 a.m and the other uh, the other time zones you do your own calculations and join us and be blessed i want to see you there 